0: You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message.
1: So today is part seven of our series, Songs Already? of Summer. Yeah, I know. Seven. I don't think we've ever done a series this long. No, <clears throat> focus like we, we've we done summer with us and we've done summer series, but not focus on one book well, of the Bible. There's
0: 150 chapters, there's 150. From. We can go Psalms half a year,
1: pick from. no, exactly. we can go
0: three years because 52 if weeks we do a, a, year. a
1: day, yeah, wow. exactly.
0: Psalms they're great,
1: they are great, so and they have been great, right? They have been you great. started it with Psalm 23,
0: yes, the Lord yeah. is my shepherd. That's right. I think even people who are not believers, and Um, Do not, you know, kind of live this this life. Know that psalm. And I thought it was kind of cool to start it off there.
1: Very true. So we've had some great conversations, some great messages uh, that have been shared. But today we want to continue the conversation. And we're going to look at a, I would say an obscure psalm. It's not a psalm that comes to mind all the time.
0: I think it's a skipped over psalm.
1: Yeah, it's Psalm 148. So the second to last psalm. In the book of Psalms. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, your notepads, your pens, pick them up. Um, and we're going to go to to the psalm in a little bit. But before...
0: We will get to it, I promise.
1: <laughs> before that, we got to do some soil prep. Yes. I'm going right? to
0: lay the ground, lay the foundation of what this is about. Because again, if you just open the psalm directly, you will be tempted to skip over it.
1: Yeah. It's you like it, it, if you just take it at face value... It sounds churchy, right?
0: Well, and it sounds like, okay, great.
1: Yeah. If, like, yeah, exactly. How does it
0: apply to me? If, yeah,
1: if you grew up in church, um, you'll be like, okay, it's calling all these random things to praise God. Yeah. And if you didn't grow up in church, you'll be like...
0: What?
1: Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a priest just saying things that we should do that are religious. Yeah. Um, but the truth is this, is that it called to praise call to worship, is just about the most important thing in our lives.
0: It, I mean, it is something we do, whether we realize it or not.
1: That's so good. It you is know? true. We all worship. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we, we tend, when, when we're in contexts like this, church, whether it's, it's online or in person or maybe a Bible study or maybe you're watching a, a YouTube video, um, when people are discussing religious things, it's almost like your brain switches on this thing where when you talk about praise and worship, it's just, it fits, right?
0: It's expected it's in that expected. context. Yeah,
1: and it's so repeated that mm-hmm. it's almost as though um, we, we, it loses value a little bit because we, we, we just expect well, to hear that.
0: And we also only think music.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: We only think the time of worship is the time of yeah. singing.
1: Yeah, specifically, yeah, if, if you that's right. So I want you to think just to, to kind of throw a, a, a little bit of a different scenario. I want you to think of uh, a different atmosphere, right? Let's say you're not sitting in your home and paying attention to a church service or you're not in a church building or you're not wherever you might be right now where you're, you're setting your mind on the things of God. Maybe you're listening to this on a podcast and your mind is already conditioned. Okay, this is a, this is a God thing. This is a church thing. It's a spiritual thing. Take worship outside of this context. And let's say you are um, in a therapy session. And the therapist say, s- tells you, you should worship your spouse.
0: You make that face. <laughs> For
1: those of you just listening, Alimi made a face right now that was very funny.
0: <laughs> uh, or your boss says, you should worship me.
1: Yeah, think about that. You get to work tomorrow. And your supervisor, co-worker, boss, maybe you're the boss, right? And you, you hear somebody in the company saying, Shh, you, you have to kneel down and worship me today. What would, be, what, would your, what would your reaction be, right? What would you think in that moment? Or let's say in a bigger context, our president or vice president says, listen, every American from today on should worship the government because the government is the highest Power in a higher source of solution for all of our problems there's nothing as powerful as the government there's nothing as resourceful as the government uh, in this material world of ours, so let's worship the government uh, no yeah, you would think they're crazy and you would be very alarmed, yeah, because that's a power move that our the foundation of our of our of our government was built so that we would walk away from that because other governments did that
0: in any scenario that would be a terrible act exactly let's just say that but
1: that would be the least at least you would dismiss it and say that's a crazy thing but if you thought about it seriously if you actually thought about it and went like well let me pretend that this is a serious argument and that this person is actually asking me to worship them let me contemplate what this means for me for my life I would like to think that every single one of you would say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bow down to my spouse. I love my spouse, but I'm not going to worship her, right? I will not praise required you. in the I vows. I will praise you and I will lift <laughs> you up. Not
0: required in the vows.
1: And you raise me oh God, up no. so I can stand on mountains. Nope. You raise... No? Too much?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Um you <laughs> <laughs> we w- we would not do that. No. Right? I'm not gonna worship my boss. I'm not gonna worship the government. The government works for me. Well, we the people. We the people. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um but I want you to think, you know, in that context, think if we were able to devise a world. Everybody right thinks of a utopia of reality. Let's think if, if you were able to devise a world. That is untainted and untouched.
0: A blank slate.
1: Beautiful world, untainted, untouched. And in this world, you'll put a human being with a pure mind. Untainted mind. A mind that has not been exposed to the extreme good or extreme evil that humans are able, capable, capable of. A mind that is pure. pure. What would you tell that mind... That is the most valuable thing what would you tell that mind that they should do and value and prize in their lives that's a big question
0: yeah i mean there's a list of things you want to come up with and then you have to narrow it down right
1: yeah but like you're the, thinking the most,
0: about i know it's hard to do
1: that the, because whatever you value the most defines everything else you value
0: yeah yeah i think most people have that sat down and thought about this
1: It's just something that you you think about. I mean, you're not going to sort it out right now. Yeah. You know, but unless you've been doing this for a while and you've been walking with God for a while and then your mind just goes like, yep. But don't take this lightly. Don't just answer the automatic Christian thing, God, right, without giving it real thought because there's implications in saying God. Implications of value, morality, choices. There's...
0: Nobody likes to hear this word but there is a cost. Yeah. One that is Yeah. that is rewarding but there is a cost.
1: So let's go to the beginning. That's how the poem of creation begins. We're going to go through three little seasons in mankind. Uh, very beginning, Moses and then we'll go to Jesus. But let me just look at the let's just look at the poem of creation. This is Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, 8 and 9. You want to read about it babe?
0: Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden and in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil.
1: It was a garden. On the east side of that beautiful place called Eden. And in that garden, God planted several trees. Yes. And in the midst of the garden, there were two trees. The tree of life and the tree of good and evil. Now, let me ask you this. What kind of garden was this? What kind of garden was it? Well, now, this is a poetic story, it's a picture, like it's a mythos, most right? Most
0: of us think
1: Not a, yeah. It's
0: most a, of us thinks of, thinks of a garden, we think flowers, we think maybe some fruit trees and yeah. tangerines.
1: So let's say that, that is it plausible to say that God planted a tree of life right here, then a tree of good and evil right here, the knowledge of good and evil, and then right here, bananas. Right? Palm and then right tree. here, a lime tree.
0: Mm, a palm tree.
1: Or and then and then right next to it, maybe some tangerines. It was a tropical place. Pineapple? Passion fruit. Or, or 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 strawberries. I don't know why I'm going on fruits, because obviously this is a different kind of garden. Do you think it was a banana tree or it was a love tree a truth tree a kindness tree a patience tree a
0: it would be odd joy right? tree It would be odd to have a tree of knowledge and good and evil and the tree of death and this life This is and- a
1: picture <laughs> yes this is a picture and if you read this in its context it has to agree this is not an ordinary garden no this is in the garden not for much. the mind This is a garden for the heart, a garden of knowledge. It's right there. Mm -hmm. This is a garden of ideas, a garden of ideologies, a garden of opinions. Now look at what God says next to just let all doubt be diffused. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Read the next one, babe.
0: And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat out of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it of it, you shall surely die.
1: So you still think that the other trees are pomegranate and peaches?
0: No, you don't die from pomegranate.
1: Or, yeah, I mean, this is no ordinary garden. This is a garden of thought. Of mindfulness, and this is a garden of values. What are you going yeah, to value? Yeah, you would
0: wonder what's in the other trees, yeah. right? Yep. What are you going to value? Yep.
1: So, what I believe is that every tree in the garden that was available to Adam and Eve, what we believe, was uh, were trees that gave them the knowledge of God. Those trees gave him the knowledge of God, the attributes of God. We're the not character even character,
0: maybe. We're not mind. even
1: going to go to Galatians five and talk about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit was there.
0: That, right? Those trees were probably there.
1: Love, peace, joy, yeah. patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. All of those things uh, were available in the garden. That's what I believe. Yeah. That's what this passage makes me believe. But the tree of good and evil, what was that? Knowledge of good and evil. That was the tree of self. That was a tree where God is no longer first. That was God giving people the option to say, hey, you can have something else as first in your life. I choose me. Yeah. You can choose yourself. Yeah. And and, and death here doesn't mean that God uh, um, is going to kill you. It means that God is no longer first. And because God is no longer first, being him... Being, being that he is the source of life, you're connect. You're disconnected from the source. You are.
0: It's it's like cutting a rose.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Eventually, it has to. Eventually,
1: die. it'll wither. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's no life, at least life as it should be. That's a beautiful picture. And so, what happened? We all died. We all sinned, like uh, the Apostle Paul says in Romans three twenty three. We all have sinned, we all have sinned no, falling and short falling short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. We have been disconnected from the glory. And from that moment on, God's purpose was to reconnect people to God, reconnect them to um, God and making him first. So let's fast forward to Moses. This is a very important piece of scripture in Jewish tradition. And it is a very important scripture in Christian tradition as well. It is the Shema. It is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. And it is the prayer that every Jewish person knows by heart. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might.
0: For those of you that have been watching The Chosen, you know this. Yes. (laughs) By heart. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And this is the commandment that God gave Moses. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't say, Thy shall love thyself. Right?
0: Yeah, thank, thank God it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't
1: say, like, forgive yourself. No. It doesn't say that the most important thing is to believe in yourself.
0: Woohoo! Yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh,
1: not there's that those reason. things are not important.
0: Well, and there's a reason, right? There's a place.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a placement issue. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a hierarchy yeah. thing. God it's, is,
0: God is uh, presenting to us thing. the hierarchy. If we could yeah. keep the hierarchy, everything else yeah. lines up.
1: It's what's of ultimate value. What is the thing that is supposed to be of ultimate value? And also the implication here is that we got to keep ourselves in check. You got to love your God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might, with all your strength, with all your heart. You got to love God with all of you. So it's a decision. It's a commandment. You got to keep yourself in check. See, I've never heard of a dictator who realize the evil of his ways because all of a sudden he, he believed in himself the dictator believed in himself and he was like oh my gosh i've been wrong this whole time i shouldn't be a dictator i should care for people f- now no, that i believe in myself i know
0: it's actually quite the opposite they believe yeah. in their thoughts and oh, their yeah, ideas very so confident. much yeah yeah that yeah yeah
1: yeah. Think about a slave owner or human trafficking. I mean, you have a, a passion for human trafficking. Not yeah. and not human trafficking,
0: but yes. fighting against f- it. Yeah. None of them are lacking in belief in themselves. Yeah. They believe that their they're reasoning and their They haven't trying.
1: turned from their ways when they. I finally learned how to love myself. I'm not going to traffic humans anymore. No. I'm not going to be a slave owner anymore because now I love myself.
0: It is the love of, of themselves that drives them yeah. to do all these horrible things. Yeah. Seeking yeah. their own.
1: Now, you, you have heard of many stories of people that were um, involved in some of those things and people of remark, people of power who came in contact with the love of God, or who turning. gave their life to Christ and turned around. Turned and from and their realized, wicked ways. Exactly. Oh, my gosh, I'm a wretched sinner. Mm-hmm. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, now I see. Yeah right. That song is a testimony of somebody who who turned away from uh, slavery, being a slave.
0: Yeah. The, the love of God turns us um, from blind to seeing, right? Yeah. Like in that sense, like we are able to see real love, yeah. see real truth.
1: Loving God is what we were made to do. Yeah Every person, everywhere. Everyone in the world. This is not just like something that uh, applies to those who believe in Jesus and then everybody else is find their own path. No, every human being was designed to love God. Is it radical? Yes. It might be, might be seen by some as radical. But if we were all created in the image of God, we are image bearers. And there is a connection there. And the scripture shows us that, you know, it's true. Yes. Let's let's see what Jesus has has to say about this. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 says this. And one of them, a lawyer, somebody came to Jesus, was a lawyer, asked him a question to test him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. So Jesus is quoting the Shema. Jesus is saying the greatest thing that you can do as a human being is to love the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. And next he said, and the second one like it is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Think about this. Everything that has happened between God and men hinge on these two things. Depends on these two things. Yeah. It's a big statement.
0: Yeah. And if you think, take the time to think about it. It's a true statement, because if you love the Lord, and if you love people, everything else, all the sin against either one falls, right? Yeah. Because we're always.
1: You our, think about every problem in in society. Our today, error would be is either
0: against people or yeah. against God. It's one or the other. There's yeah. no.
1: Every issue we suffer would be solved if we live this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think now we can go to Psalm 148. We got there. I think we're good. You know, <laughs> 15 minutes in.
0: We got there. Yeah, we got there. Psalm 148. All
1: right. We're going to read the whole psalm. We're going to kind of paraphrase it. Because really the context of this psalm is, the psalmist is calling people to praise God. Not only people, things. And some of the things he lists. I think
0: he's not just calling, but he's pointing out that they already are. Sure right and sure. because like we think of it that's yeah. something that you engage in yeah. but really your life is
1: yeah yeah
0: so it's an so there are things that are, already are
1: sure and and yeah it could be a statement it could be a yeah. call it could be right he's yeah. is, he's is writing this so praise the lord from the heavens praise him in the heights praise him all his angels praise him all his hosts praise praise him sun moon Praise Him, all you shining stars. You take the next one.
0: Praise Him, you highest heavens and waters above the heavens. And praise the name of the Lord for that He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away.
1: And he then He begins to list some, certain things. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, all from the depths, fire, hail, snow, mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and hills, fruit trees, all cedars, beasts, and all livestock, creeping things, flying birds.
0: Are we missing any creature? (laughs)
1: Snakes (laughs) on a plane.
0: (laughs) Kings of the earth and all the people, princes, rulers of the earth, young men, maidens, old men, children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth heaven.
1: He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord.
0: Praise break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how can sea creatures and the wind and the trees and the animals and the people and the algae in the ocean and <laughs> the little seahorses at the bottom of the ocean and the shrimp and how can the tiny birds and the flies in our backyard that we don't like and how can all these things praise the Lord
0: I think or we think that those things praise the, the Lord by being by doing what they are called to do Yeah, the yucky flies are meant to be frog food <laughs> Because apparently we need more flies in the earth They're, by being themselves and being in the food chain.
1: By by by, by living out their purpose and what they were yes. purposed.
0: But they were designed, designed to and do it. and be in the context of the of world. Of creation, there being is part, a part, an
1: integrated part. Yes. Of creation. Yes. They're all part of one another. They're all. They all benefit one another. And as a whole, when they live in that...
0: So when it rains, it waters the ground, right? And the ground and the fruit... It waters (laughs) the ground, but but it brings life to trees and flowers and everything else. So everything in creation has a part to play in the ecosystem. Yeah. When they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're playing their part and they're praising the Lord. And
1: they're praising God.
0: So much so that we have that passage back in, in scriptures where Jesus looks at a fig tree mm-hmm. and curses the fig tree. Why? It wasn't doing and what it was, it was supposed to, to do. do.
1: It wasn't praising God. It
0: wasn't praising God. Mm.
1: It's a deep lesson.
0: Cursed. It's
1: a deep lesson. It was already cursed.
0: It was already cursed.
1: Jesus called it out. Yeah. He just cursed it. So how do we, let's focus on human beings now. How do we stay grounded? How do we stay on course? How do we find guidance to praise God? Um,
0: Obedience?
1: Obedience to God.
0: Obedience. Obedience. To what? And Well, obedience to what you are. Not obedience to something you do not... Um, something oh, they
1: clarify what you are like how how what, what does that mean obedience to what you are
0: obedience is to God's that apart design. from god is that no is no that like, because we are image bearers okay obedience to what we were created yeah to look like yeah to be by design not by what society has told us and to when you do. mean look you don't
1: mean like appearance no. you mean look as in, inside yeah yeah
0: like society culture uh all these things are trying to tell us who we should be.
1: Yeah. There and is, there is if, if you want to get technical about our fight, right, and you go to Ephesians 6 and you talk about what Paul says our fight is against. It's not against flesh or blood, but it's against the powers in the air, the authorities, the, the principalities that are governing this earth. There is a concerted effort from the side of evil and the enemy to attack the imago Dei. The image. The image of God. Yeah. The, and, and we are image bearers. Yeah. And if he can tweak and turn and twist and break the image of God, he will do it and use every single tool at his command yes. to do that.
0: And so, as image bearers by design, we were yeah. created to love God, yeah. to praise God, and to love humanity. That's our. That's how we were created. Yeah. And so, why obedience? Because you, your obedience to that, to you submit yourself to that, to mm. love Lord the mm. Lord first, and then to love people. It's so a submitted good. effort. So good. To, yeah. to be who you are. Let's
1: read this passage in First Peter that I think will give support to uh, to this idea of obedience. There's a lot of passages in the New Testament if you if you do a word search for obedience, which I encourage you to do you will realize that obedience in our cultural context takes, uh, has a bad rep. And it's not the biblical obedience because obedience, in, in, if, you, if you hear obedience and you don't have a biblical view of obedience, you're going to think that obedience means to, uh, to submit without any choice, without any power, without any say,
0: Submit by force, right?
1: You, you be quiet and you submit and you obey. That's not what obedience is. Obedience is, is definitely submission to God. But obedience is, is voluntarily putting your life under God's precepts because there's a revelation that that I, is...
0: I almost see obedience as partnership.
1: Guidance. It's
0: partnering with God for what your life was meant to become. Yes, Right? Like, we think of obedience as only sacrifice. But Mm -hmm. no, obedience is also um, investment Mm -hmm. into what you don't yet know and what you don't yet see. And so when you obey God, you are partnering with Him to bring out the best that He's already instilled Mm -hmm. in you. Bring that out. Yeah. You don't know it every yeah. time. You don't know no. what you've been designed. And it's it's
1: realizing that God is God and we are not. Yeah. And so the the, the New Testament puts us in a in Christ as as the image of a body, right? I'm seeing Christ is the head. So God is the head and we are members. Mm-hmm. My hands obey my obey me. My arms obey me. Right? So when we are part of this of this living organism, which is the church. When we are part of God's new kingdom and new way of life on the earth. We have to flow within God's ideals and his values.
0: Yeah, and inevitably, I've, I mean, we've seen this so many times when people yeah. just decide to do their own thing and God is calling them to something and they reject it. Yeah. You know, for those that have a relationship with God, you can very much... You can watch when people are just rejecting it, rejecting what God's calling them to, maybe because yeah. they're scared, maybe because they have some unresolved issues. I mean, I'm not, you know, whatever the reason yeah. it is that they're not engaging, but you can see them feel like yeah. they start to slowly die yeah, and wither. yeah, And they they can't figure out why their life is not flourishing. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is like, yeah. you are part of something. Exactly. And you, I mean, those, okay, so different, right? Like, have you ever s- you know those people who have um, an issue with their members, where their members just start to do things on their own. I, f- yeah. I forget what it's called—a certain yeah, disorder yeah. where they just do it's it. A but, and you're movement, trying right? to get that member to come back and line up to do what you want it to do, but it just keeps doing its own thing, right? It almost feels like that because the Lord has a plan for the whole body, yeah, in all of humanity, and yeah. they're all flowing in a direction. Mm-hmm. And then somebody decides that they're going to do their own thing, and they're over here, you know, struggling and yeah. trying this and trying that, but they can't seem to find. In- interior fulfillment, yeah. they're slowly well, withering. What
1: that's going to do is that it's going to sever you. You're going to be disconnected, right? Because part of part of being connected, if you go to, I think it's 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about being grafted into uh, the, the, the body of Christ uh, in that God will make sure that whatever uh, fruit or, or branch doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it'll get cut off. Yeah. So obedience is part of being uh, 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 in this in this process of restoration and reconciliation, and flowing and understanding within,
0: yeah. that there's a bigger picture than just your story. Yeah, there is a yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. There is a story of mankind. Mm-hmm. There is a story of redemption. There is yeah. a story of Jesus coming in, and. Like, that's the other part of why not loving yourself and worshiping yourself yeah. is that there is a bigger part to play. Yeah. That you play not only contextually here, but in the generations to come. Yeah. The things that we have today that we're living are because of our grandparents and generations yes. and, you know, the, the generations Very before good. Jesus came. So there's a large context as well.
1: So let's take the next four minutes because we're, we're breaking through 20 minutes here and we want to keep this concise. Um, we, we've covered a lot, right? We've covered a lot. We went to creation, Moses, Jesus, to make the point that praising God, all of us and all of creation, praising God is what we were made to do, right? But look at what Peter says. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not for Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, abiding word of God. This is a beautiful passage on obedience. Like I said, there's a lot of passages on obedience in the New Testament. But I picked this one. We picked this one specifically because it connects obedience to this idea of purification. And that's what obedience does. It purifies you. The more you obey, the more you decide to follow God. And he says right there, we are being born again. And as we obey, we are purified to what? To love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Think about that. Think about loving your spouse, your kids, your friends, your, your siblings from a pure heart, meaning you don't hold a grudge. All the wrong things they have done to you, you're able to forgive and let go. Think about that. Obedience to God does that. Now, there's something in every one of our hearts, those of you watching, listening, and every one of us that lines up inherently. There's an intuition about us that lines up with the Word of God, agrees with the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think about this. We all know that we were not made to kill people. We were not made to kill people, yet people kill. We all know that we were not made to steal from people, yet people steal. We know that we were not made to mistreat animals, yet people mistreat animals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We know that we were not made to burn down forests, to trash oceans, yet people do that. Mm-hmm. We were not made to be aloof, disconnected from creation, living in our, you know, box. Of- I thought
0: of aloofa. <laughs> <was like>, ah! <laughs> no, no, aloof. Aloof.
1: Yes. We were not made to, to use creation for selfish motives. Mm-hmm. Yet people do that. So this call for us to praise God with creation is also a call, a call to care for one another, to care for the planet, to care for creation, to care for animals, to care for trees, to make sure that we are all in this in this planet, in this earth, and we have been designed for a purpose. And when we all align within that purpose, things will come and, 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 and uh, will come into place. Think about this pandemic that we went through, right? What an unnecessary thing. What an unnecessary thing. The more we research it, the more we know that this was probably man-made. Yeah. This was probably uh, um, created in, in-
0: Yeah, like a few yeah. other diseases we know, Like right? a few
1: others, yeah. Yeah. We experimented. We, we, we abused parts of creation that we were not supposed to. Now,
0: we had our hearts set on the wrong things. Yeah.
1: So what does that mean? That we're going to live in tree houses and just not?
0: There's some not. really nice tree houses out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. It means that we ought to love the Lord. And in doing so, in praising the Lord, he makes us um, pure of heart.
1: Well, God gave us creativity. Yeah. Right? He gave us the ability to create things for good. Now, if you notice, everything we've created as human beings, there's a capacity for good in it and there's a capacity for evil. Why? Because we all have the nature of good and evil in us. TVs, it could be good. You sit on on your couch in your living room after a long days of work and you can watch something that's great for the soul, great for the mind, or you can watch some horrible things. Right? We have this ability to create things. And I think that what this psalm is calling us to pay attention to is that when we put God first, when we pray and we and we and we love God, we 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 not only not only putting God first, make sure that we think properly, but we also take part in, in the world appropriately our relationship with with creation is wholesome and appropriate it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to build homes and harvest good food and you know whether it's plants or animals or that when we use resources to build things that that's not good no it's good yeah, it's but- good to use resources to build things that help people that progress mankind that help us fight diseases and and innovate and you know Mm-hmm. But we, if, if we all put God first, a lot of the problems that we're trying to fight, a lot of the, the things that we're trying to reduce, a lot of the issues that we're trying to resolve will all align and come into place. Yes. Because people will not abuse creation for selfish gain. They will not exploit and oppress people for selfish gain. They're not going to destroy things for selfish gain. And they're not going to go against the flow of God, which means they're not going to do things for selfish ambition and greed. Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a good summary of Psalm 148.
0: Agreed. That everything you in you and around you, praise the Lord.
1: Yeah. And, and recognize that, that when, when they're praising God, that we are to take part in it. Amen. 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 Let's pray for the people. Mm -hmm. I want to give you an opportunity to connect to God today. Those of you who haven't. Maybe it's been a long time since you've had an experience with God or even considered God. We want to pray for you.
0: Amen.
1: We want to invite you to begin a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, "I I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And nobody goes to God except through me. Seems like a pretty um, strong statement for somebody to make, except Jesus was and is the ultimate example on how to live life Mm -hmm. and how how to exist. So what he's saying is, live my way, follow my way, engage life as I am showing you to. And that is how you connect to God. That's why we want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus, and if you haven't had one, this will change your life for the better. You might not understand what that means at first, that's okay. As, as you begin to engage, Jesus will reveal himself to you, and you will see that things will begin to align in your life as you follow the biblical view of obedience. and says, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. So will you do that today? Pray this simple prayer with us right after me. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus come into my heart. Into my heart. I, ask my I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn away from my past and I turn to you. Open my heart, open my mind to do what the psalm asked me to do, to praise you, to praise you with my mind, my heart, and my soul. God, I want to put you first and I want to fulfill the beautiful prayer make you number one. So Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior from this day forward. Amen. Listen, if you pray that simple prayer, we believe something new happened in your heart and in your mind, and we encourage you to connect uh, to this church as, as often as you can. Next week, we're going to be in person at Stanford. Hi. That's right. So, <laughs> so join us at Stanford High, 1030 a.m., um, we, we, we'd love to see you and meet you uh, and be with us as often as we can. Second thing is read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can download an app called Version from the App Store in the App Store or if you come on Sunday, we will give you one free of charge. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and also allow today to be a day of new beginnings in your mind. Right? Voices will say, nothing happened. It was just a video or a podcast you listened to. Don't 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 get yourself uh, uh, thinking that anything changed. Liar. Yes. Something changed today. Mm -hmm. you connected to God. So continue on that path. And the Lord will give you light and peace and uh, understanding for all things. So we love you so much. Uh, We hope to see you in just a few minutes at Scalzi Park today. Bring a lawn chair and a dish to share. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may He shine His face over you. May he give you peace. God bless you. Love you.